0: Welcome to the SPS Digital Learning Hour brought to you by the Digital Learning and Assessment Department. We're coming to you today from a conference room in central office bringing the latest news in Springfield Public Schools in regards to technology along with inspiring interviews from teachers who are using technology in the classroom. We'll also inform you the latest updates, practices, and news as it pertains to our district. Whether you are new to using technology in the classroom or a seasoned vet, we are here to help. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Mike Thomas, the Bearded Tech Ed Guy. You can find me out on the Webosphere on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under Bearded Tech Ed. My website will be coming very soon, Bearded Tech Ed Guy com. So keep on the lookout for that. I'll make an announcement when that comes along. As you can tell, we've been out for a few weeks. It's been crazy preparing for MCAS, which apparently is starting today, if you did not know that. So I have a lot of news to catch you up on. First and foremost, in case you missed it, out on my learning plan, we have the first cohort, the WeLearn Unified Classroom Peer Ambassador. Participants will learn how to use the district's learning management system, which is Unified Classroom, and how it can support classroom instruction and student learning. Through the workshop, you will be provided with a visual demonstration of built out grade level courses, instructions on how to navigate in UC and build class pages assignments and assessments, time to practice building your own course, and a visual demonstration of what unified classroom platform looks like from a student perspective. Upon completing this course, participants will have the beginnings of an online course and the foundational skills and experience to further develop the course for the 2019-2020 school year. You will become a peer ambassador level one, which will also mean that you have the ability to support others at your school. So there are some requirements for this. You have to be a grade level teacher. Your principal has to approve you going because with the principal approving you it means that you're going to be able to share your knowledge and construct courses with school faculty. Our department of course will be one of us will be assigned to you and will be able to help you in developing that process with them and be able to support you in what you need. We'll be looking for feedback from you on how it's going in your school and sharing with the colleagues and stuff for us to help develop further workshops and support you better in the classroom. You also need to be assigned an instructional position in the 19 20, 20 school year, and we're also only doing one person per school. It's a first-come basis, so make sure you get to your principal if you are interested in being a part of this. There is a waiting list. Principals will have all this information too, but we are super excited because it allows us to help you develop out your courses. The All Day Workshop on April 16th, we will be there guiding you and assisting you and building with you your master courses that you can be using to the start of the next school year. So that's out on my learning plan. Go check it out. We are super excited about it. In case you've missed it, we've had a number of blog posts go out recently and it's all about the difference between problem-based learning, challenge-based learning, and project-based learning. Now, I don't know about you, But I know I have had issues with figuring out what all of those things mean. And so I just want you to know that these blog posts are not a be-all, end-all, but it's very much a beginning understanding of what each of those types of learning is and how it can be applied in the classroom, along with examples of what it looks like that other people have done. I've scoured the internets and found good examples to share with you in all three of those areas. I hope you go out there and read it because I think it could be very valuable to your classroom. In case you missed it, Microsoft Word can translate PDFs into a new language and keep the formatting. If you want to see how this is done, if you go out to my Twitter and you follow me, I actually retweeted a video that walks you through step by step on how this process happens. Is by far one of the coolest features in Microsoft Word. It's taking a PDF document and changing it into Word with the translation and it keeps the formatting. So it looks awesome. And it's in the whatever language that you need to change it into. So if you follow me on Bearded Tech Ed, you will find that video amongst many things that I have posted. In case you missed it, if you don't follow me on Twitter, you probably didn't see it, but I actually reposted something else that somebody else has done. I mean, that's part of the beauty of Twitter is that there's so many amazing people out there doing things in the classroom. That the one person, Tisha Richmond. She has her own website, TishaRichmond.com. That will be in the show notes. But she has, she posted out on Twitter recently, Game Plans on how to do gamified classroom structures. And these game plans are laid out clearly, easy to follow, along with different game mechanics that you'll need. And they all come with downloadable files so you can download it yourself and use it. There's a great number of ideas here. I highly encourage you to go check it out. It's at tisharichmond.com. Again, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see that I have actually reposted this. That's it for In Case You Missed It. Coming up next is our interview of the week. So for this week's interview of the week, I sat down with Jillian Perry from Washington Elementary School. She's a third grade teacher doing some amazing things in the classroom. In regards to using technology for the courses that she teaches, I want you to go listen, check it out, and be inspired.
1: My name is Jillian Cook, and I teach at Washington Elementary School. I'm a third grade teacher, and this is actually my seventh year at Washington.
0: So third grade teacher, seventh year at Washington. Did you student teach in Springfield or? I
1: did not. I student taught in West Springfield. In
0: West Springfield. Yeah. So for your professional experience, it's all been in this district.
1: Yes. I w- well, I was in Ludlow for two years, but I was a para for one year and then a long-term sub for a year. So this was my first, Springfield was the first place I had my own classroom in.
0: And it's always been third grade?
1: I did second grade for one year.
0: And then you jumped up.
1: I didn't want to. (laughs) I love second grade, but Mm. I managed to sneak in there for a year. And then they went, no, back to a testing grade.
0: Yep. Um, So early years, so seven years ago in Springfield, what kind of technology tools did you have in your classroom?
1: An Elmo. (laughs) (laughs) Not not the red Sesame
0: Street thing, but the actual camera. Yes,
1: the actual camera. That's about all I had. We got smart boards, I think, my second or third year in. Mm. We didn't have teacher laptops until about my second or third year in. We had laptops for the kids, but they had to share them amongst a grade level. So it was like one cart per grade. Mm -hmm. So it was very minimal.
0: So I'm going to just take a wild guess that you probably didn't use too much technology early on when you were teaching, other than using the Elmo to project up onto the wall.
1: Yep, that was about it.
0: How did you find that the Elmo, was the Elmo useful to you? Do you actually still use it today?
1: I do actually still use it today because the kids really enjoy being able to come up and do their work on Mm -hmm. there. So if we're doing work in groups, I'll have whatever we're doing up on the Elmo and they'll come up and write on the paper and explain to the class and they really enjoy feeling like the teacher. Mm -hmm. So I really only use it for that purpose. Other than that, most of our stuff is on the individual laptops.
0: Okay. So what are some things that you're doing now in the classroom?
1: So my students, we use Unified Classroom a lot. Um, I will put If there's like a colored picture I want them to see or a worksheet I want them to look at, but I don't want to make a million copies, I'll upload it to the Unified Classroom and then they can pull it up on their laptop. They've used them for center work. They did PowerPoint presentations on animal life cycles and the families came in and voted and they got trophies for the best presentation. Every day they do a discussion board in math where they have to answer a problem and then agree and disagree with someone in the discussion board. I've done one-on-one discussions and greeted them.
0: Can you actually tell us about that? Not many teachers have mentioned the one-on-one part. Like, so what? How do you use the one-on-one discussion board feature?
1: So I use it more for like an exit ticket. If we do something in class, we did some. We just did traits in science. So I said, name two. Give me two examples of an inherited trait. And they would simply just respond to me and it would go directly to me. They couldn't see anyone else's responses. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to grade it right within there and it would shoot right to my grade book and I didn't have to worry about transferring Mm -hmm. grades or doing anything extra.
0: So it's really nice having the ability to just, when you grade something, it just automatically goes into the grade book. Yes,
1: yes, it's a beautiful thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you've mentioned science and math and English. So in third grade, you guys don't departmentalize. We
1: are. Yes. I teach math and science.
0: Okay. Because
1: there's only two third grade classrooms. So I teach math and science, and the other teacher teaches reading and writing.
0: Reading, writing, and social studies. Yeah. Yeah. With those two subjects, you seem to be able to use Unified Classroom for both. Now I have to ask, because I know with Brightspace, a lot of teachers would, wouldn't would use every course. They would just use one course and then create everything in that one course mm-hmm. for everything that they taught. Mm-hmm. Whether they were teaching both math and science or English or writing or all four, they would just have different modules set up in Brightspace. Gotcha. Now, do you use... So when class one comes in, do you use class one science and then class two comes in, you use class two science? Yes, I do. And then with math, it's math math and science are not in the same they are not course. they're separate so you do use it separately yes i
1: do and unified classroom has the if i create something in one page in like my math 1 block i can copy it to my math 2 block so therefore i don't have to go into math 2 and mm-hmm. create it again i can just copy it over
0: so you can create it in one spot, spot and then.
1: copy it to all of them if I wanted to.
0: So with discussion boards, because that to me seems like that might be something that's very specific to a course. Mm-hmm. Can you actually copy those over too? Or do you have to go in and create every discussion? No, nope, you
1: can copy it. So when I do it and I hit the little gear, it says copy to and it gives me every single course I have. So mm-hmm. I could copy from math to science to homeroom to mm-hmm. any course that I have within unified classroom, I can copy it too.
0: So it sounds like you really enjoy using the discussion board. Yes, I do. And it's nice to not have to always project pictures. So that's with Unified Classroom. Are there any other tools that you're using in the classroom?
1: Um, We use, for our math centers, they have a variety of technology choices that they have to do. They have a chart that's like a must-do, should-do, and could-do every day during Mm -hmm. the 50-minute math block. And um, it starts off with a quick check, which could be a pearson Realize. Quick check. It could be Edge Elastic that I've created. Mm-hmm. It could be paper. Then they have to do 10 minutes of iReady every day. There's an online multiplication time test that they have to take. Um, there's also, as a choice, they have Zern, Khan Academy, Freckle, Prodigy. So there's a whole long list of different websites that they can go on mm-hmm. throughout centers. And I can assign different um, lessons to different students depending on where they're at and what they need practice with. Mm-hmm. And we actually started this week electronic homework. So I sent homework permission slip to parents who would be willing to let their child use technology at home to go on these websites. And Mm -hmm. I created a log that they write which website they went on, how long, the parents sign, any questions if they're having trouble with anything. Mm -hmm. And it comes back and forth every day and they do their homework on the computer instead of taking home Mm -hmm. paper.
0: And that started this week? Just
1: this week. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) The homework part, The homework
0: part. So I have to now it's making me think of so many different things. Are you guys part of the take-home project? No. 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 So it's for the students who have the ability to go online at home, whether it's using their phone or a home computer, that's where they can do their work?
1: Yes. I sent home a permission slip and explained everything to the parents and explained it was optional. Mm -hmm. And they had to provide the technology because we weren't providing the technology Mm -hmm. at this time. And there were several of... The websites that actually have apps, so that mm-hmm. if they only had a tablet, they could just download the app and just use those specific websites. So there's a variety of, I think, like six or seven different sites to choose from.
0: Um, and so, with all those sites, did you set up logins already, or were some of them ones that the district was able to like set up a Clever login mm-hmm. for you, or? So
1: a couple were, we were able to do through Clever, but I some of them we were already using in the classroom, so they mm-hmm. already knew their logins. There was only two new sites that I use that I actually had to set them up an account. Mm -hmm. And since it wasn't every student, I have two blocks and I'd say it was about 10 to 15 kids in each block. So it was easier during Mm -hmm. math centers. I kind of just called them up and said, okay, let's set up these password cards Mm -hmm. and sent them home with them so that they could access them that way.
0: Sounds like you're doing a lot of different things with math right now. Do you find it's hard to like kind of keep track of like where the students are? Because a lot of those... A lot of these programs, they track what the students are doing, and which is great for teachers. Mm-hmm. Whether it's in using Freckle or iReady, you can see where the students have gone. Is it hard to like keep track of like which one is more important to you at what time? Or
1: Yeah, so I mean, I use them for a variety of different things, because there are a couple that they do at home that honestly are free sites that I can't mm-hmm. see what they're doing, but they're still practicing math. So at the end of the right. day, they're still doing what I need them to do. But with, I choose, I usually choose like one website a week that I'm really going to focus in on. And that's the one that I check the data and make Mm -hmm. sure I assign them specific lessons and go back and check.
0: Mm -hmm. And the other ones
1: are kind of like fun, extra. Right. So I find that some of them I don't like Prodigy. The kids absolutely love Prodigy and it just becomes a mess in the mm-hmm. center time because they want to play with their friends and they're yelling across the room. So like Prodigy <laughs> has become an only a Friday thing. They can yeah. only do it on Fridays and they can only do it for the last 15 minutes of centers. Mm-hmm. So they really look forward to that at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. And that one's kind of just like a video game. They absolutely love that. <laughs> Oof.
0: Yeah, anything to get them to do math, really. Yeah. Cause to make math fun is – I know from being a math teacher, it's one of the hardest, hardest things, things to do because yes. they're like, why well, I – teaching fifth grade, it was always, how is this going to help me in the future? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And usually I respond like, do you like to drive a car? Would you like to drive a car? Or do you mm-hmm. n- want to have money? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how these things work. <laughs> so – Wow. that's You're doing a lot in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Did you find it overwhelming when you first started or was it more of a one at a time thing that it's, you did?
1: It's been gradual throughout the year, but I'm a person that really enjoys technology. So every time I hear something new, I want to do it. And my students are kind of used to me saying, we're going to try this and if it doesn't work, we're never going to do it again. And there's Mm -hmm. been quite a few things that we've tried out and the kids just don't like it. Or I'm like, oh, wow, that was a bad idea. And I just abandon it, you know. Mm -hmm. So my students have gotten very used to like, oh, today or this week, we're going to try this. And then, um, not so much.
0: Can you think of an example to share with us? Because I know that's anytime that people are like, oh, I feel like I need to keep on going through it. And Mm -hmm. then they stick with something that doesn't work when they know it doesn't work.
1: So I had the website, I know it, which I was really excited about at the beginning of the year, sign them up for accounts. Got into it, and it was just a mess. Like, Mm -hmm. the kids couldn't access things, things weren't working, and then I found out it was a limited thing, so after 60 days, it poof, went away anyways, (laughs) and they wanted me to pay all this money, so I found that out, and I'm also finding that, right now, a couple of the sites that I sent home for homework, I'm not sure they're going to be effective, and Mm -hmm. the kids have come in complaining, like, it doesn't work on my computer, and Mm. so it's just like trial and error with things like that. Mm. And the discussion boards, honestly, have been, with the technology piece and it being new in the district, I've been, like, fumbling through it. Mm -hmm. been using Yammer a lot to ask for help.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Yep. (laughs) Yep. That goes to me. Yes, it
1: does.
0: (laughs) That's all with math. What about science?
1: Um, Science has been a little trickier because it's so... We have the STEM scopes, and then we have that new one that I can't... blinking on right now. The new program that we had... And it's so it's difficult to figure out how to incorporate the technology. So what Mm -hmm. I try to do is find some kind of culminating project for each unit that Mm -hmm. will involve technology that we work towards. So we had, like I said, the life cycles. We worked on it for like a month where they did the research. They found everything. They compiled it, and they came together. Mm -hmm. And that's another one. I gave them a bunch of choices on what to create, and we all ended up with PowerPoints because – They, Prezies confused them, Play posit confused them. All the choices I gave them, they went in and they were yelling and I don't know what to do. And so they all pretty much ended Mm -hmm. up with PowerPoint. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I know from teaching PowerPoint, like it can become, PowerPoint itself can become very frustrating because Mm -hmm. the students would always focus on all the Zooms and the making the letters spin and the transitions from slide to slide. And that's what they focus on. And there was a lot less content. Mm -hmm. How did you combat that?
1: Well, we started because it took us like a month to do it. So we started off with a workbook of the research questions they had, then they had to go find the information on the internet. Mm -hmm. Then once they got it, they had to find illustrations on the internet to go with it. And then once we started the actual PowerPoint, it was at the very end. Mm -hmm. And they had to create their slides with the information and they weren't allowed to do any of that fun stuff until Mm -hmm. all the information was in there. But I also bought clay and they got to make a 3D model mm-hmm. of their animal and that couldn't happen until their PowerPoint was 100%. Uh-huh. So a lot of them made sure their PowerPoint was where it needed mm-hmm. to be because they wanted a chance to make that 3D clay model, which was a lot of fun too.
0: Yeah, that's really nice to incorporate non-technology parts into the technology too. Yep. Knowing that you had given them a bunch of options and most of them went with PowerPoint, have you looked at Sway at all? Which is another presentation tool. I have not. So now
1: you got me thinking. Well,
0: <laughs> what's really cool about Sway is that it's a drag and drop model. Okay. Um, and so, and it basically works like um, story cards. So like, you know, like sometimes when people are making movies and you like, they show you the behind the scenes mm-hmm. stuff and you see on the wall, all of the index cards, mm-hmm. essentially Sway works like index cards that you can add whatever you want to it and make it look fancy too. Wow.
1: That's really cool.
0: And it's all drag and drop. That's and so pretty cool. I've had, I've heard students have had success with making presentations with that. So going
1: to have to check maybe that out. for a future idea. Yes, Definitely.
0: Um, speaking of future, is there anything that you've learned in the past, say, six months to a year that you've seen either looking through Twitter or Pinterest, like many teachers do, like and you see something you're like, oh, I want to be able to try that? Is there anything that you're looking forward to trying?
1: I don't even know at this point. I really they really enjoy different pres- mm-hmm. presentations and things like that. And every time I'm trying to find more creative ways especially math, not so much mm-hmm. with science, but like how can I get them to actually create something in math? Mm-hmm. Because we, I mean, with technology, they can do the discussion board, they can go on the websites, but how do I actually incorporate it into math and get them to create a final finished mm-hmm. product, a presentation, if you will, right. on something to do with math? Because it's so fast and the standards are constantly get mm-hmm. these standards done that we don't have that time to take like a month to create a project on one mm-hmm. standard.
0: So that's something to look forward to.
1: Yes. We're going to figure out a way. Figure. Maybe after MCAS.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Everything's always after MCAS. Yes. <laughs> that's when I actually learned. Uh, that's when I started teaching my students coding a couple of years ago was I'm like, we're done with MCAS fifth grade. At that point, fifth graders are like, we're done with school. Yep. So I'm like, I got to find something. And coding was that for them. Especially with, because Flappy Birds was very popular at the time. Mm-hmm. And with one of the coding programs was all about making games and they could make their own version oh, of Flappy cool. Birds. Cool. And so I had one student create a version that was like impossible to like, you can get all the way to the end if mm-hmm. you're doing it just right. But he um, made the wall and the, the ceiling and the floor too close together so you couldn't actually like Oh no! <laughs> flap, fly the bird through. So he had a lot of fun. So always after MCAS for things yeah. like that. If you had a chance to stand in front of the new hires um, every year, they get inundated with information, mm-hmm. almost information overload. Uh, if you could give them one piece of advice, whether it is using technology in the classroom or not, mm-hmm. what would that be?
1: Start with one thing. Don't try to master 50 million things at once. If there's if it, Whether it's technology or not, if there's one thing you're really excited about, focus on it do it until you feel comfortable and then slowly introduce more because if you try to do it all at once you're just going to crash and burn and things are going to fall to the wayside and not be implemented fully
0: because I know full implementation is very important no matter what you're doing whether it's a new math curriculum whether it's a new math program for
1: Mm -hmm. example so definitely
0: awesome well thank you for taking time out of the middle of your day Um, no problem I know you're doing a net testing today so have fun getting back to that
1: can't wait (laughs)
0: Fantastic interview Jillian is an awesome teacher super excited if you could not tell and she's doing some great things in the classroom I really love how she's using the discussion boards that's a way to really capture discussion that's happening in the classroom because as you know if it's verbal discussion which is very important As a teacher, sometimes you miss it because you're listening really intently with one group and you see other groups that are talking and you miss what they're saying. With doing it digitally, you can catch up and hear what they're saying. So that's super exciting. I'm excited to see these other things that she's going to try and use in the classroom and all the great things that she is doing already. It's fantastic. Thank you, Jillian, for a great interview. As we wrap up this week, I just want to remind you that you can go out to any one of the podcasting platforms that you listen to us on, leave us a review, follow us, subscribe to us so we can continue to grow and develop this podcast so that more and more teachers have the opportunity to share about the things they are doing in the classroom. And again, if you know of someone who'd be great to interview, just email us at DLA support at springfieldpublicschools.com and we will be excited to reach out to them. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Mike Thomas, and this is the SPS Digital Learning Hour.